Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome to Five on the Floor Live. Uh, we didn't get our intro, so we're already off to a blazing start. It is. I was <laughs> never sent the intro. <laughs> so, don't worry, we will have it ready for opening uh, game next. Our producer is cranking up the excuse machine as we go. I am your host, Greg Solvander. Tonight's floor plan with me is Brian Fonseca. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Fonseca and why. And we are going to recap the Miami Heat. New Orleans Pelicans, essentially the dress rehearsal for the Miami Heat. We got to see all of the regulars. Spolster led um, the press conference prior to the game uh, around 545 or so. He mentioned that uh, all the main guys would play, and they did. And we got to see some cool stuff there. So going to get into that, quickly go through some of the the highs and lows of this last game where I think we're going to actually see the regulars. I think the last preseason game is going to be a skeleton crew. And uh, then we'll take a few questions and get out of here um, before we get ready for the regular season. Before we do, though, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of this program, and that is A Aggressive Insurance. Uh, they are an insurance broker agency that's been in service uh, in South Florida for over 15 years. They offer auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, retirement programs, free notary service. Again, this is insurancebylanette.com. Great friend of the program, A Aggressive Insurance. You can see the telephone number there, 954-581-8800. The insurance agency that works for you, you want to reach out to her also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. She has A Aggressive Insurance on all of those platforms. Again, this is insurancebylanette.com. Okay, so... 120-103, 70 points in the first half. I have some initial takeaways, but we're going to save because I've talked enough to start this episode. Brian, um, what jumped out at you most from this game, particularly when the regulars were out there? I know we saw some stuff in the maybe in the second half we'll get into late, but what did you see from the main guys, as Spolster called them, that you liked most from this dress rehearsal against the Pelicans? So, and because it's uh, the dress rehearsal, paid a little bit more attention. Um, but the the minutes distribution was the, the first thing that jumped out at me where it felt like closer to what we're going to see in the regular season, at least initially. And then the game got a little bit away and then you put, you know, the backups in or whatever. But it was essentially an 11-man rotation of which Jovic was kind of the 11th man. We didn't see much of him. However, when we did see him, Greg, Nikola Jovic was out there with Kyle Lowry, with Tyler Hero, with Jimmy Butler, with Bam Adebayo. The perfect four next to Bam. (laughs) We may have found him. Right. He was with those guys. And we know that, like, I don't think Caleb Martin's going to be redacted, you know, 
a, a certain seven foot three point shooter who was starting next to Ben. I don't think he's going to be that in terms of the minutes distribu- distribution. But we all can agree, unless Caleb Martin really has it, there will be times that Victor Oladipo finishes ahead of him. There will be times that Gabe Vincent potentially finishes ahead and Max Struess, obviously. Max Struess is probably the one that's most likely is if he has it going. Um, Bam and Jimmy finish no matter what. Kyle, probably 90% there. Tyler Hero, for the most part, is there as well. Unless he has like a like a one for 11, which, you know, maybe that happens once, once a month. Twice. Right, like whatever. Um, the Caleb Martin spot is going to be up for grabs. Starting him there is interesting. You saw some of their defensive versatility different guys they were able to throw at Zion I found that very interesting he locked up Zion on a particular play that I tweeted out I was like yo <laughs> you know like didn't let Zion locked get to the rim bounds. blocked him out of bounds uh bam you know did that at some point in the game too and just being able to do that like to me it's like I don't Caleb is not the four to me necessarily it's just like they have you know they have another guy out there who can switch who can do a lot of different things complementary wise and Basically, if he's out there and he can hit enough threes, then you're good. But in terms of the minutes distribution, I found it very interesting. Deadman uh, seems to be in the rotation, uh, but Omer Yurtsevin also didn't play because, you know, he was out. So we'll see what happens there. Um, you know, Victor Oladipo, I think, is going to play more, but he he doesn't look like he's quite there yet, right, mm-hmm. in terms of especially offensively. The offense still isn't there. It's kind of what we saw last year. Um ideally you'd like to see that come at some point but yeah i mean and the the main takeaway for me and i guess we can we can start here right and i could i'll kick this to you the the bam and hero connection i mean granted i don't think uh kyle and jimmy are taking this preseason that seriously offensively no they're definitely not (laughs) however the bam and hero thing is real i think brady hawk also tweeted out that that's probably the best that's probably their best play, the Bam Hero pick and roll. And I think what you're going to see is a lot of different things off of that. We know how good Jimmy Butler is off the ball. I liked one particular play. I wanted to circle this. There was one particular play where Bam was bringing the ball up the court. Um, they were in transition, whatever. And Jimmy was the trailer, cutting through mm-hmm. the middle, like Amari Sotomayor used to do all, all the time back in the day in his peak. And I'm like, dog, if they're going to start doing stuff like that, which, you know, Tyler Hero on the opposite side, yep. where if Jimmy Butler's going to pass up a layup, he can kick it. Like, there's going to be so many different options. And I want you I want you to, like, really touch on this because, like, you tweeted out, and, like, this is a fascinating point, is Eric Spolster, you feel like he's going to lean into offense in a big way this year. Please I think the elaborate, roster, Please elaborate on that. <laughs> I think the roster almost kind of dictates that he has to go in that direction. You lose P.J. Tucker, and you're essentially – uh, you have a lot of players that were in-house last year, and then you're adding this Jovich character who has quite the offensive skill set. Um, I would be lying if I said I'm not highly intrigued by the idea of him being a four. You can see why they would hunt a skill set like his to plug into this particular group around Tyler and Bam. So to your point, I really am encouraged to see Tyler and Bam be the ones to – Take And we'll see how it plays out in the regular season because obviously this preseason stuff, you're right. Jimmy and Kyle are not taking it that seriously, but it is a marathon. It is not a race. And I think Bam and Tyler are those dudes that can like shoulder that burden for most of the season. And this, so this is what you want to see. You want to see those young dudes coming out, being aggressive, playing well. And for me, like the field goal attempts, Tyler hero, there was one possession. I think you broadcast may have touched on it. Um, 
at least the heat broadcast. Uh, we have lots of people watching from lots of places. You may not may, may have watched the Pelicans broadcast, but Tyler Hero had a play where he grabbed, grabbed uh, an offensive board, went back up and got an and one. And like just little stuff like that you see from Tyler physically getting to his um, like just the lift on his shot. He just looks in, in midseason form and then Bam being aggressive. To me, it's Spolstra acknowledging that he needs to lean into the things that the team is good at. And because this team has such defensive principles that are just ingrained in what they do, there's a part of me that feels like I'd rather the offense be ahead of the defense right now because eventually the defensive principles will win out and the habits will come. So, I mean, obviously that that's a big part of this that has to happen, but I'd much rather see that than them look really disjointed on offense and then be trying to win games, you know, in the high nineties, these, what we used to call in the low eighties in the old eras is now the high nineties. That's a low scoring game in today's basketball, but let's, um, actually touch on specifically Oladipo just for a minute. So 17 minutes, I guess I shouldn't look too much into that, but it felt like he got subbed into the rotation in a place where he's intended to, to, to play like to start the season. And how long do you think they're going to give him to dust like th this rust situation do you think that there's a, a chance that a guy like jamal kane could see playing time in front of him as he's working through this or do you are you more in the camp of they're going to play depot and let him figure it out as they go i think because and you know this obviously better than i do but because a lot of the intel has been all the depots had a great summer and we haven't seen it necessarily manifest in games, though it's preseason, so like I'm not going to kill him for that, right? I think he's going to have more rope to figure it out than maybe the average uh, sort of Heat player would. Um, there is an investment there. You know, there is an investment there. It's not a long-term investment, but it, there is an investment there, right? And I think the somewhat emotional one also because like they've rehabilitated him and he's been diligent in the process and we'll see what ends up happening in terms of where he develops. I think he's going to have some rope. Um, and I think he's going to show you those flashes or whatever the case may be. Defensively, he hasn't been a big concern for me. In no, the I agree. It's like just I, offense. It, it's similar to where I was watching him in the playoffs and like he, he had his moments. He was erratic at times, but the defense, you know, some, some other people were harder on him on the defense and, <laughs> in the playoffs on other shows or whatever the case may be. Uh, but we also as defense and like he, especially against the Celtics at times, just stripping Jalen Brown over and over looking really physical, whatever the case may be. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I'm not as worried about him defensively, which is interesting because like I expected the slip to be there. And while he hasn't been like the all world defender he once was, you've seen like little hints of that in spurts yeah, the flashes uh, yeah you've seen that in the playoffs especially but the offense it comes and goes um and you need it to be there a little bit more but i like he he needs time right this was uh, again i'll grant them the first offseason he's had in five years so like you know I, I that puts it in perspective when you say it like that five years right and he hasn't had a, a real offseason and like come into a regular season and play i think that that's a highly underrated 
part of the Victor Oladipo comeback story and like how it's going to take for him to get through an 82 game season. You know, I, I don't think that we've necessarily acknowledged that enough that it is a challenge. Luckily though, this team looks deep as hell, Brian, like yeah, they're deep. when they played tonight, essentially like Jamal Kane, who's been an absolute stud throughout the playoff or playoffs. Gosh, look at me. It's, it's late preseason. <laughs> Maybe he will be He's, at some he, point. Exactly. I'm, the playoffs. I'm foreshadowing, right? <laughs> um, he was not in the rotation. So like, that's clear. Haywood Highsmith barely played. So he's not in the rotation. Um, those are guys that like we've talked about having roles at some point and they're essentially, you know, in the initial 10 unlikely to be a part of that. Do you think that maybe um, that the depth of this roster has been understated a bit? Like we got to a point where, cause none of these guys by themselves are necessarily starters or all-stars not the top of the roster but like these back half guys they're not proven rotation players elsewhere etc maybe we're kind of underrating the depth of this roster and what that might be able to do am i on to something there or am i straw manning this thing well this happened last year and it even happened the first year jimmy butler was here nobody knew who kendrick nunn was nobody really knew who duncan robinson was people thought goran Dragic was past it uh, people thought that Justice Winslow, I mean, that didn't end up working out, but people thought that he was going to be a major piece, and then he wasn't. And it was like, oh, man, they're, they're not as deep. And then all of a sudden, they're just pulling guys from wherever. And then you saw it last year where it's like, in the beginning of the year, it's like, is this team going to finish in the top four? Like, I know they got Kyle Lowry and P.J. Tucker, but, like, they're not really deep or whatever. And then, boom, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, yeah. um, you know, like, Duncan Robinson had the big contract and wasn't even that big of a factor. He was struggling at the beginning of last year and then was out of the rotation by the end of it. Like, they're just going to figure out ways to do this. And, you know, with Spo, I think we said it last time we had a stream after a game, post-game. We think Spo is going to have, like, a, a really, like, a real shot at winning coach of the year, like a real mad scientist type of year. And you have... Jamal Kane, who's shown you some things in the preseason, who's not even going to open up the season in the rotation, but you know what's going to happen. Inevitably, you know, Jimmy Butler will miss a game here. Kyle Lowry will miss a game here. Maybe somebody else will tweak something. They're out for a week. Somebody else steps up, and then it's like, whoa, wait, Haywood Highsmith could do this? Jamal Kane is not just a preseason sort of, you know, come and go type of guy. He's actually here to stay. Like, I think you're just going to see that in different spurts. We saw it with Omer Yurtsevin last year, who – was in the G League the year before. They picked him up. I was excited about that. I was telling Timmy, hey, I saw this dude in college a lot at Georgetown. Patrick oh, Ewing. Watching that Big East basketball, huh? Patrick Ewing, really? I asked Patrick Ewing about Omer Yurtsev, and he's like, yo, he can score on anybody. He just has to understand that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he just has to he just has to play that way and use his physicality, whatever the case may be. Patrick Ewing liked him. And he liked him more than Jesse Govan the year before, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, and then basically he comes in last year and he's thriving in spurts. And then it's like, okay, everyone's back. Now you go sit down. Like they're just going to do it again. I feel like they're just going to do it again. And as long as you don't have the real significant injuries, knock on wood, uh, that are long-term, they'll figure it out. 
Yeah, no, I I think that that's um, a part of this that I started to underrate. I have to be honest. So I came into this preseason and I was feeling very lukewarm about this team. And the more that I see the regulars out on the court, particularly Tyler and Bam, the better I've felt going into the regular season. Today's kind of the 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 culmination of that, I guess, for me. One twenty to one hundred three. They shot 39% from three. That's probably going to be about league average. That tends to, it hovers around 39, 37%, somewhere in that range. Generally, when they shoot league average or better, and they were, I guess, tops in the league most of last year, um, they win those games. This is another key thing for me. Like when I just, uh, as I'm glancing through the box score here, uh, they really ran New Orleans off the line, seven of 33 from downtown. Um, so there were some things on defense that I thought were worth calling out, but this is really more of an offensive show. Cause like you alluded to two things and then I'm gonna circle back. This is, we're going mad scientist right here on the show. Just like you said about Eric Spolstra, they're putting Bam out of bio on places on the court that he hasn't necessarily always operated in, in, in tandem with players. He hasn't necessarily always operated it in. Like you alluded to with Jimmy. I think that, Tyler playing off ball, but not really playing off ball. Like the ball finds its way to him is another interesting part of the starting lineup that I feel like people almost were assuming that Tyler was just going to go stand in the corner. And that's not what this is going to be like. I think he's going to do a ton of heavy lifting. I told our off the floor subscribers 23 points per game. That's where I'm heading with Tyler hero this year. I think he's going to have the, the Liberty to go out and get that, but here's where I want to go next. And this is, um, you know what? Let's take a quick break. I want to tell everyone about Prize Picks. It is my favorite daily fantasy platform. It's daily fantasy made easy. You usually, you easy, you literally, excuse me, can't speak. Choose your favorite players. Choose your favorite sports. They have all the stats up there. You choose over or under. So it's that simple. You use the code five when you go to the app or on the website prizepicks.com or download the app. Use the code five. You'll have your initial deposit matched up to $100. So like, for instance, tonight, Jimmy Butler over or under 10 points and he scores 12 points. You, if you went over, you would have hit that. You stack a few of those together, you can win up to 10 times your money. So go to prize picks, use the code five, get your initial deposit matched. So Brian, you hit on something. Coach of the year, mad scientist like season. The coach of the year award has always eluded Eric Spolstra and he's been happy. Actually, I think he's said to Ethan before, I hope I don't win that thing because every, everyone who wins coach of the year ends up getting fired. Obviously he's, he's, got he's already security. top 15 all time. What does it matter? Exactly. Like <laughs> no, this, is, this is true. And he's got job security no matter what happens, yeah. but for this is the path you, you, you alluded to it and it's, and you're onto something. If this team, which I think everybody collectively said didn't necessarily get better or in the offseason, like that was something that everybody has kind of acknowledged, at least from a personnel perspective, there has not been a ton of change. They're bringing a lot of guys back. If he takes this same team and has guys jump in and out of the lineup and they're a one seed again, this is a path where I feel like it'll be so overwhelmingly obvious what a great coach that he's been two years in a row that he'll get the benefit of the doubt. Are you buying or selling that take? Yeah. I mean, I, it's something I would buy so long as there's not something shocking in the Western conference, like 
the team that they just beat, for example, New Orleans, who I'm very high on, uh, as a, just an exciting team. I don't think they're going to win a championship or anything, but I think they could win a postseason round even in that conference. If they shock us and get like a top two seed, which I don't think is going to happen, then people are going to be talking about Willie Green also. But I, no, you're right. And I don't think like that's that's the point of it. But, you know, there are a lot of different things where it's like, yeah, this this roster, I think a lot of people would say took a step back. However, I will say that if we look up and the playoffs are about to start in April and I put P.J. Tucker's 2022-2023 season next to Nikola Jovic's 2022-2023 season and they're about the same, that wouldn't oh. shock me. Wow. You know what I mean? Because I think while P.J. Tucker is going to be very impactful, I think that Nikola Jovic is going to come in and like show you some signs of like, oh, wait a minute. This is like a real keeper. This is not someone you just throw into a trade, whatever the case may be. But I've been that high on him since before he was drafted. Like I was saying this as I was watching him in like February, just on YouTube and stuff. Um, the One of the only things I would say that is I want to see how this sort of manifests itself. Uh, and, you know, New Orleans is a relatively smaller team, so mm-hmm. this works out. But the starting lineup is small. And I wonder how they're going to be on the glass, particularly against like Cleveland and some of those other teams, for example. Uh, Boston, probably less so because they're kind of small now without Robert Williams. Al Horford's going to have a load to carry. And, you know, we'll see if his health sort of prevails as a result throughout the season. They have Grant Williams is probably going to have to play significant minutes at like the four, maybe even small ball five there. So whatever. But still at the same time, uh, Kyle Lowry had nine rebounds tonight. Whoa. <laughs> you know, Did he like, really? <laughs> I, I missed that. I've been ignoring yeah, like, his, I've been ignoring his stat line. I, uh, I, I shout out to Kyle for, for coming to play tonight. I just kind of saw that at the end of the game. And I was like, I knew I saw a few, right? Like, because it's preseason. So I'm kind of like not as locked in as normal. You know what I mean? So I was like, I know I saw him get a few rebounds, but nine and, you know, I mean, guard rebounding, gang rebounding, underrated thing that Tyler Hero is going to have a nice impact on in the starting lineup is rebounding because he is a very good rebounding guard. But also when Bam is, and this is something I was yelling about from the rooftops last year, when Bam is switching and guarding on the perimeter, who's going to be inside and get the rebounds? It's going to be gang rebounding, sure, but then it's going to be Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, et cetera of getting into these collisions. And that's something I want to see how they figure it out as the season progresses, because I do think at some point they're going to need some size, right? Um, You know, and not in just Dwayne Dedman, like, because I don't know how long Dwayne Dedman is going to be here. Sorry, Dwayne. Uh, Omer Yurtsevin, I think he's going to be here longer than Dwayne Dedman, but who knows? I think you're right. So they're going to, they're going to need to figure that out. Uh, no, I agree. I think that there is, and uh, Giancarlo Navas at Miami Heat beat really said this, that when you get into a playoff series and you watched the things that Boston did to manipulate that series, um, some of the things you can get away with in the regular season are no longer viable come playoff time. And so you're, you're totally right. Like some of yep. the smaller lineups, Maybe they'll get through most of the regular season, but there's going to be certain matchups that will be telling. There'll be certain really big regular season games that will be telling where you'll see them need to match up in certain ways. And I think that that is one question we've yet to answer. I think a lot of these guys have showed that they can rebound bigger than their size. 
and the gang rebound thing is definitely going to be in effect. You're right. But that is a question mark. And so Yurt needs to get back out on the court. Spolster said before the game that he's just, they're taking more time with him. There was no, he didn't sound like there was any additional cause for concern, no setbacks, nothing like that. He's been progressing just as the trainers would ask was um, what he, I'm paraphrasing what Spolster said pregame. So Yurt will get back out there. Deadman looks sharp enough to get us through the beginning of the season. And then the interesting thing will be to watch Jay Crowder. And if he gets bought out from Phoenix, he will be on the first plane to Miami. I uh, have a sneaky suspicion. Luxury tax be damned. Figure that out later. But that would be a welcome addition to the front court. But I think they have enough to get by for now. Do you, do you agree that now there is no way when you see Jovich play the way he's played, Caleb Martin looks sharp. There's no way you give up assets for any kind of Jay Crowders of the league, not just Jay Crowder himself, but any Jay Crowder. Yeah. Like I'm any say, player like him. Yeah. And I'm going to say this and so viewers know we are going to get to questions. Let's wrap this up in a second. Yep, right um, yep. J- but with Jay Crowder in particular, when I saw the Jake Fisher report today about them potentially buying him out of Phoenix and that or or trading him somewhere and then he gets bought out like there was there's rumors about a jay crowder sort of jordan clarkson thing going on and i don't know if it's crowder and a pick for clarkson and then where if 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 regardless of whatever it is he's not going to like he shouldn't stay in utah they should buy him out he's been in utah before they should buy him out and then as you said probably go to miami now he's not huge right but he is big and it did work before, and you can see like the function of how that can actually work. Speaking of Utah, they also have Kelly Olynyk. I wonder if he's going to stay there. Hmm. You know, uh, like there, there are. I feel like there is going to be options. There's always things that happen that we don't necessarily expect, or things that oh, we should have seen this coming. And Jay Crowder, like we known the whole time, who's going to be there? So I think they can get through you know, December, Jan- like D- Dwayne Dedman, you can't even make that move until January, whatever exactly. you're going to do with him anyway. Yep. Um, same goes for, you know, uh, I'm forgetting who else, maybe Victor Oladipo, but I don't Correct. think, I don't think they're going to, I don't think that's something that's going to happen as of now. Um, between now and the trade deadline, I think they're fine, but they're going to have to do something at some point just to get them ready for the playoffs. Because the other thing about gang rebounding and having small guys rebound all the time is physically taxing. Just yep. like, it, it it is you're colliding into things like we've seen it happen even with jimmy butler as big as strong as he is going in there trying to get rebounds coming out and he's holding something right like it, it just happens at this nature of the game so if you can get a little bit more physicality there then that's going to help you especially since we saw uh one of the things that boston did that hurt them was those al horford robert williams lineups Correct. uh you know tough to play against when PJ Tucker is basically like your four, but also is primarily on the corner on offense and didn't have his jumper so they can sag off of him. And then on the defensive end, you know, they were wearing him down and he eventually got hurt. Didn't even finish the series healthy. So Spolstra is going to probably just try to outscore everyone, but I think you're absolutely right that they're going to have to size up and it may not be necessarily a situation where that player plays late in the playoffs, but it may just be inning eaters and hopefully it'll be your, Yurt will step up and be that guy. Right. Um, but we'll see what shakes out in the front court. I think overall, um, 
throughout this preseason, this game considered there were no disasters. And when a disaster strikes in your home or business, reach out to Water Cleanup of Florida, 60 years of combined experience. Reach out to Michael, call him anytime at 954-579-0356. Again, that's Water Cleanup of Florida for immediate assistance, leak detection, mold, any kind of damage like that. Reach out to Michael, call him on his personal cell. Check their website out, wcufl.com. That's Water Cleanup of Florida. And if you got the schmutz, they definitely got the guts. Let's get to questions before we close this out here. First one, Manny hit me. That's a comment. I think once Spolster feels comfortable with your <laughs> contributing more consistently, I think Deadman is on his way out. I think you could be onto something there, Riley. Good call. You got any questions? <laughs> yeah, this I know- was a good one from earlier. You can take this one, Brian. Okay. Marco Aurelio Chavez Zelaya says, I know it's preseason, but Oladipo looks very erratic. What do you guys think? And we touched on this a little bit earlier, but like, I think, yeah, it's erratic, kind of like what you saw in the playoffs last year. I think the way they've been talking about him internally is that the offense is not that it's going to come, it's there. It's going to come in games, but you know, for whatever reason, like it, it shit happens. Like it's preseason. Um, he doesn't quite like have that sort of juice yet, whatever the case may be. I don't know if he's taking it easy because it's preseason and wants to preserve himself for the regular season. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it that way, but who knows? I think that in the regular season, you give him rope so that the offense could come because if the offense is there, look, I'm toying with him as a six man of the year prediction. So obviously I'm expecting some offense. Um, although I don't think it's going to be the splashy, like Tyler hero, 20 points a game type of six man of the year type of campaign. Um, if he's your six man, I think you're looking more like 15 ish points a game, but a little bit of dynamic playmaking ability of uh, being able to create, not just for himself and the defense, really yeah. the defense. The two way part of it is the big thing. And I think you're totally on to that. He is not the dude that's going to necessarily They don't need him to get 20 bam. And, no. and, and Tyler can do that throughout the regular season. Jimmy, you know, Jimmy's going to get his, Yeah. Um. I mean, this is from Alex on our off the floor feed, Tyler and bam, when a combined 16 of 27 from the field, um, that is huge. That is why Oladipo can take his time. This roster is deep. I am not concerned yet. Manny, let's take one more and then we'll close. Could Jovic be the starting four by the end of the season? This is the any, one right here. <laughs> if I have anything to say about it, yes, he would be. He's the perfect fit. Um, I see a mix of Gallinari in his prime, Hito Turkoglu in his prime. Turkoglu's I mean, hell, let's me. let's let's yeah. get crazy. Dirk Nowitzki in his prime. No, I'm not <laughs> trying to go there. Let's not put that kind of pressure on this kid. He looks like he fits in. He looks like he belongs, and that's big for me because going into this year, I thought that the thing we were going to see is a player who was skilled but physically did not belong. And there's certain elements of when you're physically not ready that you cannot overcome. Very rarely does a guy overcome that. He looks like he's physically capable of playing and that's super encouraging to me, but could you see him starting by the end of the season? Yay or nay? If, cause I do think they're making some sort of trade at some point in the year. If the trade is not for a four 
because let's say they make a trade, but they just get Jay Crowder and they're like, okay, we're, we're good. Like the trade separate from a Jay Crowder buyout signing, right? Mm -hmm. Because he's bought out from Utah and they make a trade. I, I'm not going to mention the crazy one that I DM'd you the other day because the chat will just break and we need to get out of here. <laughs> but something where like it's it's maybe for a guard instead of a forward, then I could see like Nikolajovic. And if he just stuns you, like if you're looking at him, like, look, I, no disrespect at all intended to Kendrick Nunn, who was also like 24, 25 years old when he was a undrafted rookie or 23, 24. He was older, much older than Nicole, Nicole Jovic will be 23 at the end of his first contract. The end of it. That's okay? beautiful music. Um, or 22 turning 23. The point is, if, if if Kendrick Nunn can get all that starting love on a team where Goran Dragic was already on it, right? Then I think it's possible Nicole Jovic could be the four at the end of the season. Is that something you want? I'm not sure. Because I think that most people would want, you know, a veteran there, whatever the case may be. But if he's good enough... I think Spoh's going to play him. That's and true. to me, the way you would project how he's going to play, like the, as soon as they drafted him, I literally in my head was quoting Sean Rochester. I was like, perfect for next to Bam, because I've seen what he could do overseas and how that can translate next to somebody like Bam. And that's before, that's just talking about the shooting and stretching the floor and just the IQ. That's before you even get to the fact of him being a playmaker also. <laughs> like so, he can move the ball also. Him and Bam will alley-oop it to each other. You know what I mean? So, folks, we've arrived at the place where we are uh, getting out on the preseason, getting ready for the regular season, and the rookie, Nikola Jovic, is now the starting four <laughs> in the playoffs. That's where we've taken this. No, Maybe. So, Maybe. Hey, you never know. <laughs> Crazier things have happened in Miami Heat world. It would be an awesome development. But I am I saving this. I, okay. I'm sure you are. That's totally fine. We'll take it all day. Um, eventually, we'll get there. We're usually more right than we are wrong. I made sure um, to couch it, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, thank you for joining us. We will continue to take more questions and continue to iron out um, these new post-game shows as we gear up for the regular season. Ethan will make an appearance here at some point. All the guys have been at the arena, so you're um, you're seeing my lovely face uh, and through the pod feed hearing my voice. But uh, we definitely – you'll see more of the regulars as we gear up for the season. Thank you for joining us. Peace out. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.